Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Hello, welcome to show number 358 from Engage for Success. I'm Jo Moffat. I'm host for today's show. And today we're going to be talking about a topic that unfortunately is becoming um, increasingly uh, prevalent at the moment and something which um, uh, could well, um, almost certainly is going to become more so in in the coming months. And that's redundancy. We're going to be talking about how to approach that responsibly and to help me uh, navigate the topic I'm very pleased to be joined by Paula Gardner. Um, Paula is a career psychologist, she's a business coach and as she'll tell us uh, in a few minutes she's founded a, a, a resource called the Redundancy Recovery Hub um, and more of that later. Um, so uh, welcome to the show Paula. Hi Joe. thanks for having me on today. It's a, it's a pleasure. Um, it's, a, it's a difficult subject, isn't it? And a very sensitive mm. one. And I think one of the things I'm sure we'll talk about as, over the next half an hour is that you can do it, you can do it well and you can do it badly. And the, the way in which you, you do it can have an enormous effect, not only on the people that are directly impacted by it, but also those people who are um, indirectly impacted or or fear they'll be impacted and then aren't. Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of audiences that can be influenced by the extent to which organisation organisations approach this. Um, but before we get into the detail, can can you just tell us your story briefly, Paula? How how did you come to you know what's your background and and how did you come to get involved in this particular specialism? Mm, so my background is um, started off in the world of PR. And then retrained uh, as a business psychologist and um, specialized in business and careers. And um, it was when, obviously, uh, you know, when furlough started, people started mm-hmm. talking about redundancies and how many of them, uh, the people who were furloughed, might end up being redundant. And mm-hmm. it became, you know, more and more of a topic of conversation on the news every day. And it, it reminded me of when I was made redundant, which was in my early 30s. And um, it wasn't handled badly. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'd, it was at a, a sort of a, tra- a transitionary time in my life. I just got divorced. I had two young kids and I'd found my dream job. I was mm-hmm. working for a, a wine company in the dot-com era. Um, I was right. a content manager. And I loved my job. And one day, it was a small company, and I just got called into the uh, the MD's office and said, you know, we have to, um, we've got some losses, we have to make some cuts, and I'm afraid your job is, is one of those that's going. And I burst into tears. Mm, and, um, I'm not surprised. Had you yeah, got any inkling it, that I, that was coming, Paula? No, absolutely. No rumors, no... Um, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of cash being splashed about it at that time. So there was, mm. there was no hint. And it yeah, came from out of the blue, especially at a time when I was, you know, personally quite vulnerable as well. But yeah. I just remember yeah. how, uh, yeah, how vulnerable I felt and what a shock it was. And mm. I, remembering that has sort of provoked, us, I don't know, this sort empathy, of... this sympathy for the people who are going through it now. Yes. Yes, no, I can, I can imagine. I mean, you were talking about the dot com era. I mean, if we if we look back, those of us who have been been in business for for 
uh, quite a while. You know, it's, it's been a bit of a roller coaster the last sort of 20, mm. 20 years, 25 years, hasn't it? Yeah. And there's, um, you know, there's been quite a number of, of catalysts for these situations occurring you know there was the dot-com the so-called dot-com boom the bubble that burst from that then there mm. was the post 9-11 um downturn which which was pretty sharp at the time particularly again for the airline sector and hospitality sector they all took a big hit yeah. um didn't they in the early early 2000s then of course we had the what we all call, the, you know, the Great Recession in, in, in 2008, and yeah, um, God knows what did we, you know, little did we know what we got coming coming at the end of this decade. So, or the story, the start mm. of this new decade, and um, nobody saw it coming. And I think you're right. You mentioned furloughing there, and I think I think that is the fear, isn't it? That whilst furloughing has been a, a very important thing, and goodness knows um, where would many of us be without that support and resource. Um, I think there's a there's definitely a concern amongst many people who are being furloughed as to whether it is just prolonging the inevitable for them and their businesses and their organisations, and that must that causes great uncertainty, and that in itself is very damaging to people, isn't it, in terms of their well-being and and everything else. So yeah, so this yeah, so this this grew from a personal as you say, personal experience and empathy. Um, so what, what's in, in t- your take on the current context of things? I mean, do you, uh, you're obviously kind of monitoring what's going on out there in terms of employment and, and employment statistics. And I'm imagining, I'm imagining you're, you're probably on LinkedIn, are you? LinkedIn, I mean, Twitter's the one where I, I, you know, the latest news comes up with all the redundancies and every day there's a, household name that's that's announcing redundancies and job cuts and job losses i think the thing about the news and following them is that we see these big corporates and these big names and they've got you know hundreds of people going um but it's also the small companies as well you know the the Mm. ones that people have built up probably you know for a large part of their lives and not only are the you know they're making people redundant some of these companies are, are closing down themselves so good so yeah yeah, it, it, yeah. It, yeah. It, it's a Absolutely. tough situation all around yeah i mean what, what's the statistics of smes I mean, they make up something like 99.1 percent of all companies in this country are defined as small to medium enterprises so that in itself isn't surprising and an awful lot of those are a one a one person operations but they they still account for something like 57 I think it's about 57 percent of all all jobs in this country are with small to medium enterprises and as you say some of those are are really are really going to struggle to um keep going or reopen or start up aren't yeah. they so so yeah, yeah. Um, so I think we're just seeing the start of it now yeah mm tip of the iceberg so let's let's talk let's switch the pendulum and and think about this from a positive perspective what can what Mm. can we do about this what should we do about this to try to um make approach this process in what you term a responsible way yeah well employers managers uh hr i think anybody that that is part of the process of, of making somebody redundant um, I mean, there's two things here. There's there's ticking the checkboxes from the legal and HR perspective, doing it in mm-hmm. the right way, mm-hmm. um, which is obviously hugely important. But there's the other side, and all these people that are that are. Sorry, we've lost you there. Um, 
Paula, can you hear me? Paula, can you hear me? Sorry, we seem to have got a bit of a, we seem to have lost the connection there. Um, I, I can hear you. Oh, you've come back. Yeah. Right, lovely. You were, just, you were just saying, you were talking about HR and, and Lee, you know, uh, the requirement, of course, to go through the process mm. and, and approach these things correctly and do the, um, the checklist. And I think, you know, I think if anything, Alan Sugar in his um, apprentice program, management and leadership in this business in this country is such a huge disservice because people think you can just wander around shouting you're fired at people right, left mm. and centre. And of course, you, you can't do that. And, and of course, it's important to remember, isn't it, as well with redundancy, that it's not the person that's made redundant, it's the role. But it's yeah. the person yeah. that it's the person in that role that bears the bears the brunt and the pain of the whole thing. So you were just talking about there's more to it than um just the sort of process and legality of, of check boxes yeah. and, and yeah. consultancy and so on and, and, and then we lost you. Okay. So what I was saying was that um you know everybody who's being let go is going to be out there in a very tough job market mm-hmm. and you know some of the qualities that are going to help them find that next job are a feeling of self-esteem confidence and also the dignity so it's really important that you know these people are treated in in a manner that allows them to retain as much of that as possible and it doesn't cost money to do that mm-hmm. it is kindness compassion treating them with decency um, mm-hmm. and it you know it's free so we should be mm. doing it mm. treating with them with empathy and treating people mm. with humanity these are all these are all really important things that um is I think if, if we're looking on the positive side of, of, of what's happened in recent months I think one of the things that has been apparent amongst organizations who've who've if you could say, are having a good pandemic. I mean, you know, I'm using that horribly flippantly in inverted commas, but, you know, there are there are some organisations and businesses who are going to come through this and be able to be looked, people are going to yeah. look at them and say, actually, they, they can hold their head up. They, they've done this as best they can. They've done what they needed to do. They've treated their people well. And then there are, there are going to be, you know, others along the way who, who clearly fall, mm. fall short. But those that are in that former box, I think you, you are really, you've seen line managers, leaders, team leaders, senior leaders really making themselves visible and treating their people as humans and treating them as individuals through this process and um that that's been across you know across the board but god goodness knows how much more important that is um when you're when you're going through a redundancy process that you remember there's a human being at the end of this at the end of all of this i think you're, you're absolutely you're absolutely right so um so they they need so if we think about it from an employee's perspective you know they need that mm. support they need that that uh, confidence that self esteem that you talked about um but if we were if we were thinking about it from a um you know a sort of blunt bottom line um employee being very um tough uh, about life what, why do mm. why do they need to think about doing this properly as well? What what's important um, from from the employer's perspective? You know what's in it for them? It's clear what's in it for the employee. Yeah. Um, yeah. To, for these things to be done right, but what's in it for the employer? Would you say? Well, quite frankly, everybody that the employer keeps, so all their remaining staff are judging that employer by how they treat their colleagues. Mm-hmm. So any whiff of bad treatment, of not doing the right thing, 
it, it's still going to stay with the organization. It's going to be whispered about. It's going to be talked about. It's going to taint the relationship of the people who are left behind and their in, employer. So it, it is really important that the employer is, is, is seen to be doing the right thing and to be doing it with compassion and fairness, not mm-hmm. by the people that are leaving, but also by the people who are remaining mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you want them on board. Yes, yes, of course, from an engagement perspective and future long-term success. And then, and as you say, there's this sort of reputational hit, isn't there, as well? I mean, we, we live in a world of glass door, um, and um, yeah. bad stuff doesn't stay inside the organisation anymore. And, um, you know, mm. people are very quick to take to social media generally and, and recruitment sites specifically like Glassdoor and, and, and dish the dirt if they think that things have not okay. been handled appropriately. Um, yeah. So, And there is another so, bottom line reason as well. In go that, on. Um, you know, these, you know, there are many companies out there that this may hopefully be um, just part of the cycle for them. And as they get back on their feet, they'll be growing and expanding again. And, you know, the first people that they will probably look to are the ones that they've had to let go. You know, these are people mm-hmm. who know the business. They don't need to have, be completely retrained. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in a way, you also have a, a reservoir of, of potential, you know, future employers. Future people. As well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We had, a, we had a show um, a few weeks ago. Um, we had a, a, a show where we talked about alumni mm. and um, the importance of maintaining a lifetime relationship, a, a, a quality lifetime relationship with your employees um, beyond their uh, time with you. And um, one of the stories that my guest was talking about was a hotel chain. In, it was in the States. Um, oh. And they were talking about how they were having to make a considerable number of their people redundant, um, but that their, their CEO went on a, you know, an online meeting to sort of talk to them all about this and explain to them that they were nonetheless, they were, they were still recruiting in other roles within the organization and that the skills needed for these other roles were skills that they were going to be making available training for. So on the one hand, they were making people redundant from a number of roles that were no longer going to exist, but they were offering the opportunity to those same people to Mm. retrain and be supported to be in a position to then apply for these jobs of the future. Um, And I guess that's that's a sort of similar similar mindset Mm. to what you're talking about, really, isn't it? Yeah, yes, it is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so why? Um, what, what's so important? You talk, I think, in your uh, in your resor- in the resources that you're you're providing to people is is um, that you're making available a resource that is a, a, a kind of outplacement option. Um, so mm. why is why is that so important? And then then please tell us a little bit more about what Redundancy Recovery Hub is all about, because it does sound like it's very much very much going to tap into the zeitgeist of, <laughs> of the moment, Paula. Mm. Um, so uh, the reason we should ha- be having using outplacement and all the things that we've talked about, it's, you know, it, it's doing the compassionate, the kind thing. It's setting people up for their, their future. It is showing your remaining staff that, um, you know, you, you can treat people in a, a compassionate manner 
Um, it is perhaps helping reskill the people that you may want to rehire in the future. Mm-hmm. So there are all those reasons um, for for giving some form of outplacement. And again, I don't think outplacement should be another tick box exercise. It shouldn't be, okay, here's this little workshop on CVs and we've done our job. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has the potential to, to be much more helpful than that. Uh, and that's what I've done with the hub in that I've created it's a collection of the interviews, first-person stories, articles, psychology tutorials. And we have three main sections. So the first one is back to work, which is all the, you know, the bits about getting back to work, interviews and uh, interview dressing, LinkedIn. Because a lot of people that I'm working with now perhaps have had their jobs for 30 years. So the and they've never, LinkedIn yeah, this and, is all new to them. Yeah, yeah, completely new. Mm. Um, the next section is changing direction. And there will be many people who are being made redundant now who, who are considering, well, you know, I'm in my late 50s, perhaps I should retire or is now the time to go back to university and do that degree and just take a bit of time out from job hunting and get a loan. Mm-hmm. There are, mm-hmm. you know, there are other options. Than other just options, which, yeah, that's interesting. You know, you're right. You're absolutely right, of course, because we tend to get stuck on a treadmill, don't we? And um, mm. we kind of see this, this tunnel ahead of us and um, we're going to focus on that that direction and we just keep on going and we just keep on rolling that wheel um, until it goes off the rails. And then we can maybe think about moving into a totally different direction, and, which is why yeah. sometimes this can be a really positive thing for people, can't it? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've come across people who who are saying, oh, I've been meaning to do this business idea for years. And, mm-hmm. you know, now I'm being forced to do it, but it's really exciting. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. And, so there are and, other options out there. Yeah. So I interrupted you anyway. You were telling me there are sort of three main areas to the hub. Oh, yes. And the, the third one is the you section. And this is about all the other stuff that can be impacted by redundancy. So things like relationships, your money, your health uh, and well-being, and that's, that's mental as well as physical. So, mm. you know, I think it's important for us to, to realise it's not just about, oh, I haven't got a job and I can't pay the mortgage. You know, even that in itself is going to impact all the other sides of your life. Um, and I think a lot of outplacement doesn't, doesn't talk about that. It talks about the practicalities. But, mm-hmm. you know, for a lot of people, these things are just as important. I think it's interesting, actually, one of the things that, again, has, has become much more apparent, we've all become much more conscious and aware of through the COVID crisis of the last few months, is the is that interconnectivity um, between our business life, our professional life and our personal life. And that's not, that's, I guess in, for many of us, that's been thrown into sharp relief because actually we suddenly find ourselves working from home as well. So our mm. professional life and our personal lives have absolutely collided in terms of environment. But um, that's not always been the case for everyone. But, you know, that and clearly not everyone's in that situation. But a, a realisation that everything is interconnected uh, and we don't, you know, this, you can't just silo everything and you can't silo in, in, in the situation you're describing. Redundancy isn't something that is just happening to you between nine to five thirty, Monday to Friday. It, it, it impacts everything in your life and um, you need to be prepared for that. And it, by being yeah. prepared for it, you're perhaps better able to cope with it, aren't you? Yeah. And also, if you think culturally, society wise, redundancy is, well, going through redundancy is, is a form of bereavement. Mm. So, 
you know, there's a lot of grief that's going to be going around collectively. We're going to be grieving, which is going to be, yes. you know, yes. quite hard. Yeah. And and what about so? Do you is there a knock-on effect from that on people who um, are not made redundant? People who stay in the business? Do they? Is there is there a kind of survivor guilt that that can kick yeah. in if you're not? Yeah. Definitely, and that that is that is a recognised term, survivor's guilt for people who who um, have been passed over um, mm-hmm. for redundancy. So they're the ones that are staying behind. And yeah, there is a, a feeling of, uh, of of guilt, like why me? Why did they, you know, keep me? There's a feeling mm. of uncertainty. Okay, well I'm all right now, but maybe if there's another round, I'm going to be the one that goes. Yes. Um, yeah, I was lucky and, this time, but yeah, that was by the skin of my teeth kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, and it can damage relationships. So, you know, if you've if you've been kept on and you know, your colleague who you've been going to lunch with every week for the last 10 years has been made redundant, then you know, that relationship could potentially be affected because hmm. conversation becomes difficult. You don't want to, you know, remind them all the time that that you have a job and they don't. They don't. So, yes. yes will become, well, yeah, there's potential for things to become strained, relationships to, to be damaged. So the hub that you've, you've created, um, Redundancy Recovery Hub, um, dot com, there you are, I'll give you a quick plug there, Paula. <laughs> <Thank you>. um, <laughs> um, is this something that, um, who, who's it predominantly targeted at? Is it initially, do you initially target employers to say, come on, you need to make this resource available to your people or is it giving resource to employers to, make, to help them do this better or is it targeting employees to help them get through the process or is it, is it a bit of everything? Well, I'm trying to reach the employers to let them mm-hmm. know that it's, it's here, it's a resource and then mm-hmm. they can place anyone they are making redundant onto the hub. So right. even this week I had, I had a... a big company put 100 of its staff onto the hub and they're in a particular industry so I I am able to find experts and um, people within that industry to talk about recruitment and so on so I'm able to sort of tweak the hub as, as necessary yeah okay so that's interesting so you can shape it to the different needs of your people so it particularly if a if an employer decides that they want to sign up to it for a a cohort of their people then that creates an opportunity for you to really shape some of that content to be very practical and very applicable to their particular experience their particular expertise which must be very valuable um i'm sure and 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 is there one-to-one support included in this or is it is it more of a, a, a kind of self access stuff to help yourself we do have group stuff, so there's group mm-hmm. coaching and there's mm-hmm. online, well, there is there are psychology tutorials, online tutorials. There's the right. option of uh, paying extra and having one-to-one coaching, um, but everything that you need is, you know, is there, all the expert yes. videos and articles and the online sessions. Excellent. No, it sounds it sounds really really good. And what, a, what uh, it's not an area, I mean, I have to say, luckily, it's not, a, it's not an area I've been on the receiving end of but I have Mm. have been I'm afraid to say I've been on the giving out end of it uh, a couple of times Mm. in my career and it's a horrible it's a horrible thing to have to do to people or to the to the roles that people are in it's not a very you know it's a very unpleasant and very stressful thing to do in a particularly in a 
well, I'm a, a, a small small business, and it, it, it was very difficult. And I totally identify with what you're describing in terms of the the knock on effect upon everybody else. And um, certainly, without you know, I hope, and I, I I was always led to believe by by the people that were impacted by it when when we had to do it that they they acknowledged why it had to be done, they understood why it mm-hmm. had to be done, and they totally appreciated that it was done with utter transparency and openness mm. and um in the spirit of trying to find solutions and I think that that helped enormously and we yeah we went through the process, but we didn't just go through the process because we had to we went through the process because we yeah. knew we we knew we ought to, you know. Uh, but yeah. it was a very, I think the consultation yeah, process is a, is a, a, you know, a really important one. And I'm hearing stories of people coming together and saying, well, we'll job share, we'll do a three-day week and so on to be able to help their colleagues. Mm. So, mm. yeah, it's an important process. Yeah. I think that's right. And it's about entering into, I mean, one of the things that um, my, my co-host on the radio show, Joe Dodds and I, we, we do a, we do, we, along with another colleague, Lorna, Lorna Lease, and we do a, thing called the hive where we are recording podcasts and and video um, discussions between the three of us about particular topics and one of the things that we were we were talking about was that you need to enter into this with the spirit of actually using the consultation to try and find solutions rather than simply Mm. going through the motions because that's what the legality tell you you must do and that very often you can find people are very creative about coming up with solutions like you've just described aren't they of of, and and particularly this whole now that we've embraced I mean I think I'm my my hope is that now organizations have embraced flexible working um okay they've had it foisted upon them and they may be dragged kicking and screaming down the road towards flexible working which is some of us have been banging on about for years um but at least you know that's happened and the world hasn't you know the sky hasn't fallen in on them and flexible working has kind of proved actually really really effective um maybe now we've moved down we've kind of pushed that particular um uh, barrier down maybe we can start getting people to embrace um the idea of job sharing a little bit more than they mm. have um uh, really and and the technology and the and the what's been proven to in terms of people working from home and working remotely and flexibly um is a is a key facilitator of that that kind of job job sharing approach isn't it so so in yeah. redundancy let's you know let's use that process to come up with creative solutions and maybe we can minimize the pain on a lot of people as a result yeah i agree entirely yeah interesting so so your key thing is that you want employers and we hopefully have many of those listening to the show um particularly in in hr and operational uh, leadership roles to to think about um making this resource available if they're in the position where they're having to go through this process for their people um and that's fine from their point of view let's just we've got a a couple of minutes left um Mm. paula can we just turn now towards the i don't know the person the the put the employee who is being made redundant or the employee who is facing redundancy or the threat of redundancy and i wonder if in the last couple of minutes that we've got you could perhaps share some advice for them um, if they're listening to this and they and, and knowing that this is something that's already happening, or they, you know, knowing that this is something that is about to happen, what would be your your key advice for them? Um, I think I have a couple of pieces. The first thing is, as I mentioned earlier, it it is a, a type of bereavement. So give mm-hmm. yourself time 
to grieve and, and work through the emotions. And they may include anger, sadness, denial, whatever, but except that this, this is going to be a bit of an emotional time for you. Um, mm. Don't panic. Um, don't rush out straight away and, and spend, you know, 24 hours a day just sending CVs out here, there, everywhere, just trying mm-hmm. to get something. That's going to make you feel very ungrounded and, and increase the panic. And when I'm talking to people, I've, I've noticed what works well is there are mm-hmm. two strategies at, at this point. And the first strategy is either just getting a job, and it doesn't matter what job it is, but a job that, that brings money in and, and we pay the bills and you know tide you over and when you have that job you can start thinking about getting the job that you want mm-hmm. um, and the second strategy is to actually focus entirely on getting the job that you want and obviously the second strategy could take longer and you might you know it can only work if you can afford that um, yes but what I, guess it, I guess that depends when, I guess that depends very much on the kind of package that you may or may not yeah. have got doesn't it really and yeah. Um, yeah. unfortunately if you've possibly made made redundant after a relatively short period of service you may not get much more than a you know a month's money might you exactly exactly but what mm. what what when I've seen it go badly wrong is when people are trying to do two things at the same time they're okay. trying to get a job to pay the bills and then they're trying to get their dream job and and it doesn't work very well for their head <laughs> they right. you know when they're talking to the recruiters when the CVs it's a bit all over the place. And I think having this strong foundation of, of knowing what it is you want at this particular moment is important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's very, that's interesting. So it's, it's almost like when you're in a, in a, in a sales or marketing type of approach, it's dif- be very clear about what you want and focus on that, which, whichever one of mm. those two options it is. Um, Lovely. Paula, it's been great having you on the show. Thank you very much indeed. Um, By all means, um, listeners, please look redundancyrecoveryhub.com in order to find out more whether you're an employer um, or an employee. Um, It's been great having you here. Thank you very much um, for sharing your thoughts with us. And um, let's hope that it's been some support and value to people and that things aren't going to be as bad as we all fear that they will Mm. be. And thank you very much, everyone, for listening. So goodbye. Thank you. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.